And shall I not read the email? I always have something in my hand when we start. You're like restless like that, like you're forever drumming on something. I know, on my leg or whatever <laughs> it might be. Or, and you on your belly, did you see it? Yeah, I, didn't see it. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I forgot that that happened. You're like, I thought that I had like missed it because I thought it was in the other episode. And I was like, oh, he didn't put it in. But then I was like, well, no, he did. <laughs> well, welcome to Unsaid, a space to have the conversations we've never had. Amen. And that's the best I've ever said that. Before. That was really good. Um, and in our last episode, uh, we spoke about forgiveness mm -hmm. and what forgiveness could look like more than even just trying to define a term, what the, what the scriptures call us to, right? We were yes. looking at, um, specifically the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six, um, and some other, um, verses or lines around that as to what our, a good heart posture could be for forgiveness. And again, in the past two episodes, we were talking about defining terms, right? As we step into uh, today, which would be a the first episode that we address someone else's story. Episode one was mine, episode two was yours, and now we're gonna address someone else's story, um, which is good because we laid down the defining terms, vulnerability, and forgiveness which we're also gonna uh, lay down more defining terms later on in the episodes to come um, and again I'm Gus I'm Ilse <laughs> <laughs> and just right off the bat want to remind you and encourage you uh, that you could visit us on our website at unsaidby.me and share your story with us uh, anonymously we would love to talk about your story in one of our episodes and see how the Lord might even navigate a conversation for you um, and lead you to have the conversations you've never had with the people involved in your story. Yeah. Um, so today, uh, Ilse is going to introduce what we're talking about today. Yes. So shout out to this person. This was the first message we ever received. Yeah. A few weeks which ago. Which is really exciting. Means this is this is working, guys. <laughs> um, uh, but we're gonna so we're gonna read what um, what this person submitted, and then we're gonna talk about it. There's some questions here, so we'll try to answer those. But more than anything, I think we wanna forever lead these conversations into a place where healing could happen. Mm -hmm. um, so whether or not we end up answering the questions, we do wanna. Um, in a way, give this person's heart permission to come alive again yes. in this setting. So, I will read the message. So it says, at my old church, my old pastor started off having an emotional affair with another woman, which led to a divorce to his wife and a big church split. He is now married to this woman and is still pastoring the church. Anyway, for years, I was super jaded when I watched any superstar pastor, superstars in quotes, um, or just any male pastor, because if he could fall when everything seems so normal from the pulpit, what prevents other pastors from doing the same thing? My question is, what should have happened in that situation? Like, should pastors totally be disqualified after something like that? And then, what should the response of the people in the church be to that? That's pretty loaded. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's not. Yeah, it's not easy. And again, I think when I first told you about this email, um, we might not necessarily, we can't address 
the situation of the pastor. Yeah, we can't. But we can't address we can't address the response of the pre, the people's heart and the person who wrote in. Yeah. And so on, you know. And so that's what we want to do mm-hmm. as to how do we navigate the internal conversations with what's going on and. Because, for example, like I think we've said this uh, either off or on camera, uh, the fact that we don't find the space in a safe person to talk about these things with is what cultivates and allows the bitterness to grow in us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, yeah, going back to the person's story, it's a sad day when things like that happen. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, I, again, I wouldn't want you to picture that but you can only imagine what it would have been like if that was your story because your dad's the pastor and what would that have looked like you know like and again i'm not trying to get us to imagine that but i could only i I just i could only imagine how hard that might be yeah and this is someone who's a member of the church and how much more it would be if it's the family of the pastor Mm -hmm. involved etc um yeah that's that's hard yeah hard in the sense of like as much as even though i want to say this it doesn't fix anything but i'm sorry that that had to happen yeah that those things happened and and you know in our days in these past few years specifically here in the states quite a number of cases like that have come out yeah you know it's not an easy thing and yeah I don't know where you want to start with navigating this uh, I think that um, something that maybe I know because I live on on the inside in a way of this kind of setting is that like even though pastors may either like they made themselves look like a superstar or the church has like yeah. uplifted them to superstar level like whatever it whatever it was that happened in the, this pastor's life to make them like this like epic super christian that we all like admire and look at um it hasn't changed the fact that this pastor is a human being right and um I think which we tend to forget we forget and they forget I think like pastors forget like I am just a person so like when you if you ever look at like there's been research that has been done on pastors and like mm. pastors because like pastors tend to fall into depression some of them commit suicide some of them get into emotional affairs like and all of these things happen more regularly than anyone would ever want them to or than they ever should because pastors forget that they're people Right. And they, like, don't take care of their physical needs, their emotional needs. They don't take breaks. Like, right. Because, like, on a side note, uh, I think some time ago we spoke about this. Like, can you imagine the people writing in or this person who wrote in might not have had somebody to talk to? How much more so does a, does a pastor not have that either? Exactly. You know, and we don't take that into consideration that who, who is he talking to that that these things could be brought to light or someone can uh, catch them on it and say, hey, like, these things uh, maybe are not good or are not okay to be happening. Yeah, because, like, this is not to justify anything that happened because there's no way, like, there's nothing that's... Like, there's no, re- like, reason to justify that, but it's right. to say that, like, the reason things get out of control like this 
is because like think about it if you've ever been in leadership in any capacity you start to feel really lonely because you start to think well I need to have the answers or I I can't show weakness because right. then maybe people won't follow me anymore yeah and if this person this pastor has this like super epic status of like superstar right then who can they turn to like when is it okay to just be a person or be broken like if you, especially if you work so hard to create this reputation around yourself yeah. of like I'm a hero or keep and I'm it. doing great right like um or if your ministry is built on that is built on the idea that you're just this like amazing super christian that like has this crazy awesome story and you never make friends outside of ministry that know you just as a person and can yep. say like hey like you you seem a little bit disconnected or hey like how's yes. your marriage you know like those kinds right. of things then unfortunately things get out of control like we we all get a little bit you know super broken when we're isolated and not in community yes and how much more so does a pastor like who feels like they can't be open about their weaknesses yeah um, and one of the questions yeah. the person asked was about should this pastor be disqualified yeah. And here, here's a thought that people don't want to have. Is that disqualified from his position? Yes, I would say, yeah, there, there should have been a conversation about that. But disqualified as a human being and as a believer? Maybe not. Because that's where things get questioned in me, let's say. Do I believe that to be true about me? Why can I not believe that to be true about him? Yeah. And 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 these are the things that get confronted in me. I don't know what you think about this. Is that when I when I hear stories like that, sure, don't get me wrong, they 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 hit uh, like this, like ah, uh, like that sucks or that shouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But this there's also this. If grace is true for me, it's true for him. If there's repentance, of course. Yeah. Um, and it's also like, then to what degree do I actually believe mercy and grace? Mm -hmm. To what degree do I actually believe the forgiveness of the Lord to be true? Mm -hmm. And do I only believe it for me? Do I only want it to be true for me? And why can I want it or believe it to be true for someone else? Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, when I first heard the question, like, should this pastor be disqualified? I almost wanted to be like, well, like, if it was you, would you be disqualified? Mm -hmm. You know, because I don't think that anyone intentionally sets out to, like, break up their marriage, their church, and, right. like, mess everything up. And I don't think that this happened like from one day to the next. I really think that this was like an escalation of the brokenness in this pastor's life. That he never got checked. Like nobody ever checked him. He didn't have friends. He didn't, maybe he didn't want friends. Like, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I don't, I don't know that that's the question that I would be asking. Yeah. Because like whether or not we disqualify him, he's still running a church out there somewhere. Could so, it be? That's what I think. Yeah. And sometimes those types of questions come from the the hurt part come from the painful part come from the but that pastor needs to get what he deserves yeah. for what he did yeah and he needs to feel the repercussions of everything that he brought 
and what caused it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and if he only knew how much it affected me, yeah. then that person needs to pay for that price in order for me to feel satisfied that we're at the same level again. Like, mm. you know what you did and you paid the price for it, etc. And it's almost like, why do you keep, what, like, what makes it fair for this person to still be leading people? Like, right. You know, and it's almost like this self-righteousness, self, uh, like, like this anger of wanting to take matters into your own hands of yeah. like nope that's not what I would have done like I would have made that guy pay because of the hurt and the jadedness and the etc yeah and I think this is where like understanding God's heart comes into play because when you read what Jesus says about teachers like he says oh, yeah. like it's better for like what he says if one of you caused one of these little ones to stumble you're like you're gonna be like cast into the ocean like with like a stone tied to your foot like he's saying like there's like like this pastor has chosen the only profession where failure to like do it well or to do it faithfully means hell like yeah you know what i mean and so like as you understand god's heart towards teachers and even the way that jesus like has held them to the, like, right. the super high standard i think that's when you begin to cry out for mercy for this man like yeah oh god sure. like he has he has earned himself being thrown into the bottom of the ocean like yeah and so how do i as somebody who's a follower of jesus going back to the sermon on the mount like anybody can pray and love someone like loves them back yeah but a follower of jesus is called to pray for their enemies yeah so how do i step into that and in a, in a lot of ways choose to be a follower of jesus in this moment and say well i'm gonna pray for my enemy because i know that the consequences of this and like god's heart about this yes is like wrath like this incites god's wrath in a lot of for sure. And so understanding that makes me cry out like, ah, oh, mercy. Like, I, Yeah. I have one more thought before yeah. I want to switch it back into a different direction. Mm -hmm. We continue on this. Uh, the one thought is that it's not mercy unless the right payment is judgment. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like the rightful thing that, like you were saying right now, that should be happening is judgment and it is because judgment is the right payment so to speak mm -hmm. it, it's mercy because you're like you deserve judgment yeah. but mercy and and I, that's why i love not just for myself but i have to remember that it's true for those who are in the lord and repent and, and have you know are trying their best to walk out relationship with the lord is that ephesians chapter 2 verse 4 but god who is rich in mercy you know and, and yeah. we can't really grasp the depths of the richness of the mercy of a merciful God yeah you know and so that's my thought but before we continue on that conversation like I want to talk about this person's heart mm -hmm. and why we have this podcast unsaid is because we want to let if you are listening and you experience something similar we want to get, let you know and voice it. You have permission to hurt. Yeah. You have permission to say this hurt. You have permission to say this is not right. You have permission to say I I am hurt. I feel pain. Right. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? Like, because yeah. some people don't get the permission to be like, hey, like you, it's okay to say it hurt. Yeah, I think I will like forever stand by the fact that God is 
big enough for our disappointment and he's big enough for our anger like I can be angry with God and I can be angry about my pastor failing right and feel like God like wasn't this guy serving you and like what what happened there yeah and I feel like we a lot of times will get permission to ask God the hard questions and to to bring those ugly thoughts before him and say like I don't understand and I'm really upset and how could you let this happen like all of those questions are super valid like you can bring them to the Lord and your heart is yes can be angry like you can totally be angry you don't have to be tough you don't have to prove that you're a better Christian than this guy by being like well this isn't going to get to me but you can you can be mad like I think that we sometimes forget that anger is an emotion that like the Lord experiences too you know like in a, in some ways, it's a God given emotion. Like yeah. you, you don't just get to skip it because you think it's ugly or because you think it it doesn't look Christian enough. Yeah, you know. I think a challenge that people have, and and see if what your thoughts are on this is that um, the challenge is like I'm angry, but I know that I I need to have mercy. Or, or this hurts, mm-hmm. but I need to be forgiving. And we've, many of us have yet to learn to have both at the same time. That yeah. both could be true yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Right? Like I could say this hurts, but also at the same time have mercy. Yeah. Like I could show forgiveness. I could choose forgiveness at the same time that I'm saying, it, but it hurts. Like it really hurts. Yeah. You know? I think we forget that, that God is big enough to hold disappointment and mercy or like anger and mercy even justice and mercy like i see there's hosea 11 yeah we're in the same chapter god is proclaiming judgment but at the same time turns back and says actually because i am god who is holy i will be i will be compassionate like my heart breaks for you i can't he says something like how could i let you go you know yeah and and but it's in the same chapter like god holds both things together and sometimes we think that I'm either angry and like kind of against the Lord or yeah. or I'm like merciful and with the Lord, but then I deny my emotions. And I think it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I think we can I think we can let God use our emotions as a bridge to get to mercy. Yeah. Without it being this like religious duty of right. like, okay, fine, like I'm gonna forgive. Right. You know? And because we we tend to we were talking about this earlier. We tend to cut off connecting our thoughts and our heart. And the way you phrased it, you were quoting someone, it was that we what? We cut. We like we shame, shame, ourselves. shame ourselves out of really feeling. We tell right. ourselves like, oh, I can't feel that way. I shouldn't feel that way. That's what, like we should ourselves is what my <laughs> counseling teacher used to say. Oh, really? She would say, stop shooting yourself. <laughs> because like, <laughs> she would. Uh. Um, because like we like do we titling like, it that but we do like shoulda coulda woulda like I should yeah. be feeling like for example when this pastor thing came up we think like I should respond with mercy or I should forgive or I should I don't know leave his church forever and forget all his teachings like whatever it is right I should and that should becomes this like shame of like whatever I'm actually feeling I'm experiencing shame over that and so I shut my emotions down 
and I don't connect in my heart and I don't have a conversation with the Lord because I'm trying to force myself into being who I think God or my family or my church yeah. or whoever wants me to be. So shame shuts me down right. and cuts me off from my heart. And then m- without knowing it, my heart gets bitter and yeah. cold and hard because I yeah. cut myself off from it. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what you were bringing up earlier, like the fact that this pastor chose the only career or vocation <laughs> where your failure can mean eternal judgment. Yeah. Um, that is, those are, those thoughts, and I'll give you another one in a bit. That's a thought that causes me to land on mercy, like you said, but at the same time say, but I'm hurting. It, yeah. It's painful. Because one is, I'm hurting. This hurts. It's painful. But at the same time, it's like, but man, like this, this, this is a greater repercussion for you if you don't turn to God. Yeah. Right now, if you don't do this, and and I, I want to choose mercy at the same time that it hurts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But let's be honest, it hurts to want to choose mercy. Oh yeah. It's costly. It it kills you. Yes, it's costly. But I think that's like what Jesus says when when he calls us to follow him. You know, like. I think this is what it means to take off your cross. Like, don't just, you don't just like choose hard things for the sake of choosing hard things, but you choose hard things that make you look more like Jesus. Yep. That's and, really good. And like, that's the whole, like, while we were yet his enemies, he gave his life. Like, that, yep. if I want to get to that kind of love, then when I have an enemy pop up in my life, I get to choose to feel that pain, to sit with it, to bring it before the Lord. And then to let him redeem that into something that actually turns gold yeah. inside of me, you know? Yeah. And that's super hard. And I think that another mistake we make is we give ourselves a timeline. Like, mm-hmm. I can only be mad about this for one day. Yeah. Or like, okay, like, I choose forgiveness, so I'm over it now. And I never ta- I right. never think about it again. I never talk about it again. And then and we get so jaded later on because, like, I thought I was over this. Yes. I thought uh-huh. I, I thought I, I thought I dealt with this already. Yeah. What's going on? Why and is this still bringing like, up? And then we think, like, oh no, like I didn't actually forgive. Exactly. I didn't actually yeah. like go. Like I'm not actually healed. I was just like tricking myself into thinking I right. was healed because we think that forgiveness and healing is linear. Like we think it's like step one, step two, step three, you're yeah. done. But it's actually like a bowl of spaghetti. Like you kind of just like, like you forgive and then you're good and then you're not. Then something triggers you because yeah. maybe like you see a pastor in the news do the same thing. And so all yeah. of a sudden your emotions are back in that place. And you, you kind of like, it's, I think it's like a bowl of spaghetti. Like yeah. you swirl around and you like, you go into deeper places of healing and you go into deeper places of pain yeah. until one day, like, it's not that you don't feel pain anymore, but your instinct instead of like going to the swirl of emotions is like oh i'm gonna run to jesus you know like i don't think that healing and forgiveness in the lord looks like one day i'm just over it i think it looks like i so have a conversation with jesus about this continuously that one day i just think his thoughts about this because we we tend to hear this and that it's that um forgiveness is a process Mm. right which is not a wrong thought, but what I would like to say is that we say that as if there's a destination. Yeah. And the destination means I look like something. Yeah. You know, and we tend to hold ourselves to towards this unrealistic expectation about us that we've probably put on ourselves. Yeah. And that if unless I look like that, I screwed up. I didn't really do this right. But what I say to people is like, 
like forgiveness is a journey and the destination is your heart like mm -hmm. the journey is right here and it's your conversation with the lord and at the end of it the goal is not that you look like something but that you are conformed to christ yeah that you are landing on it because i think jesus would say the same hey that is not right that hurts yeah. but i love you yeah but i love you exactly you know? i think that i really like that like the, the destination is your heart i think your goal isn't to never feel pain about that again. Your goal yeah. is to not lose your heart. And we tend to think that. Yeah, we do. We think like, <laughs> oh, I'm, one day I'm just going to be fine. Like, it's going to be like nothing ever happened. And I don't think that that's what the Lord is calling us to. Yeah. It, it might happen to some. Because things. I think it's, it's the journey of like remaining tender. That's yes. what forgiveness is. Like choosing yes, mercy sure. and choosing forgiveness is I'm going to choose to keep my heart soft. Yeah. And that is maybe the most painful decision you could ever make but it also means you look the most like jesus because jesus is forever tender oh yeah and then matthew 5 7 that blessed are those who are merciful for they shall receive mercy yeah and sometimes i don't know we tend to think that the mercy is going to come immediately mm -hmm. but if i choose mercy it's because jesus is calling me to it and he is the only one that's going to grant me the grace to walk that out yeah. And somewhere down the road, and it could be when I'm before him, I need mercy. And I remember, uh, these are the moments where I recall passages like Hebrews 4.16, where it's like, it says that with confidence, then let us approach the throne of grace and ask for mercy in our yeah. time of need. I was having a conversation with my wife this week, and we were talking about similar things, not necessarily about pastors doing these things, mm -hmm but about just what do you do with when people hurt you, you know? And one of the thoughts that we landed on, it's like, like we need to be careful or watchful and prayerful that we're not guarding our hearts against people, but we guard our, heart, we guard our hearts against sin. That's good. Like we don't want to land on sin ourselves, you know? Because let's say I, if I uh, guard my heart against this and now I'm not... Like, um, I'm probably even guarding myself now mm -hmm. from the opportunity to heal. Mm -hmm. If, if let's say the other person on the other side eventually wants to have a conversation, I make them the enemy rather than sin. Yeah. Rather than the sin in him or in her, whatever it might be, or even in myself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, so I think it's safer to say, and I need to be watchful to guard my heart against sin and not necessarily against people. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's... um. That doesn't the, mean we don't use wisdom, but... No, yeah, yeah, but I think you're onto something. I was reading this book called The Book of Forgiving. It's by Desmond Tutu, LOL. He, like, led the, the reconciliation movement in South Africa. Oh, nice. Um, When, like, apartheid ended. But one of the things he talks about is, like... He, his dad was like really abusive and all of these things and he but he says something about like I refrained from the temptation of calling my dad a monster mm. because like calling him that kind of like turned him into like all of the things that he did wrong so then like mm. he lost his humanity and I was dehumanizing him so basically I was becoming guilty of what he had done like yeah I, I became guilty of making him less than a human being yeah and when we do that when we do what you're talking about and we decide like to 
kind of label the person or even a group of people by their sins yeah or by, or by the sins of one person then we we become guilty of what they're guilty of which is like we have made them less than human yeah and that is like so the opposite of the gospel and so the opposite of Jesus' heart which is Jesus sees you as a person like every single one of us and yeah. he sees us brokenness and all and signs up to love that and I don't think it means that we have to sign up to love and like reconcile and be in like you know really awesome friendship with these people but I think it does mean that we sign up to still see them as people yes not as failures or flaws or um I don't know whatever you want to call them like enemies or evil like right yeah and another thing that um and I think with this we come closer to ending mm-hmm. and uh in these types of situations um and I posted it, right? And I was telling you, I was like, I'm going to post this. I know that some people that I'm, that are following me or around us in our family are going through, through a hard moment right now. But it might help them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I said that in these types of uh, conflicts and relationship hardships, uh, there are three things that, that's happening or three things that are true is that there's what we want Mm -hmm. there's what others want and there's what there's what God wants Mm -hmm. right like we might want this we want revenge or we want like justice and this and that and the others might just want like hey like no like we don't want that but what does God want you know and that's probably a conversation that we fail to have also yeah it's like you know because at the end of the day we we have a hint of where he's gonna land yeah like but like, what is your heart against the one that has hurt me? Mm-hmm. You know? And what what are your thoughts about him? Like, what... How do you suggest I navigate this? Yeah. Um, what do I do? You know? And so, I don't know what you think about that. But it's like... we. I think that's a conversation we failed to have. I think I have... Uh, I had a moment like that with the Lord when I was, like, wrestling through disappointment of someone that, like, I had big hopes for you know mm. and someone that I had thought had overcome issues and then realized they, that their issues were deeper than anybody thought and yeah. they had to like go back and heal and so I remember being so disappointed and being in the prayer room talking to the Lord like God like you know like this person loves you like how could you not like call them out on it or like what like what is going on yeah. in your relationship with this person that like like how did this get so out of hand and I remember feeling like so disappointed and like even like upset that I had like believed in this person to the extent that I had like almost foolish like how mm-hmm. could I put so much hope in this person and and I had this like whole conversation with the Lord where I was like ah, oh, like I just I don't get it like and like was I a fool for like hoping that this person wouldn't be like everybody else like what I was you know like yeah. kind of, and I think we have these thoughts and I, and I brought them before the Lord and I was like Lord like I don't know what to do and I remember that I was sitting there just like trying to hear God and I felt like he was saying like I'm disappointed too like I believe in this person as much as you believe in this person like I gave them that position and I gave them the role because I genuinely believed that they could do it Wow. and in that moment I felt Jesus Jesus's heart broke with mine Mm. like he felt what I was feeling. He was hurt and disappointed because he also thought that this person was going to make it. Mm. And he still does. Right. 
you yes. know and and I still did and so that's why I would like wrestle because other people would be like yeah forget them like just you know go somewhere else do something else and I just really felt like ah, like I don't want to do that and I felt like Jesus was saying like I don't either like yeah I believe in them too yeah and that set my heart free from feeling like I was foolish for believing in people like that because Jesus does too right you know wow that's good that's really good so the last question this person asked and with this we end or come to a close it's like how should the church respond but um i think that's very vague yeah you know i think it could be like how then should i respond now let's, mm -hmm. let's make it about us let's make it personal how do how do i respond now um what what are ways that i can now and know and now that this this is years later now yeah. right and what do I do now? How do I navigate this? Yeah. And one way, and, and I'm sure you can add more. Uh, one way I'm thinking is this, the fact that this person reached out and said, hey, this is what's going on. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of the unsaid conversations, the mm -hmm. making space for the conversations we've never had. It's, you know, I've had these thoughts, I've had these emotions. I don't even know how they, they work together, they yeah. combine or do they not? Am I wrong? Are they wrong? Etc. Um, and so that's the point of this. It's like, hey, we we need to have these conversations. Yeah. And let, let's just be uh, mature about it and not weird and swirly about it. Like, yeah. hey, these the conversations has to be had. Like, and we can't, we shouldn't avoid them. Yeah. The we really shouldn't. Um, so this is a good start. Yeah, I think you so. Know? And it's also saying that these conversations don't have an expiration date. Like. Just yeah. because something happened years and years and years ago and you felt like uh, like it's not that big of a deal and you shoved it down, but then it came up later, like be brave enough to have that conversation even later and not feel silly for not being over it because some kind of timeline didn't play out the way you yeah. thought it should, you know? Because I think even sometimes things happen when we're younger and we don't fully understand. Like maybe you went to this church when you were way younger and you just didn't understand or you felt like it wasn't that big of a deal but now it is because yeah. now you realize what happened i think it's okay to name that and have that conversation yeah a with the lord and then b with someone that is safe like yes. someone that will invite you to heal rather than joining you in a swirl of bitterness and complaining exactly. and like yeah and that's why exactly. i don't go to church like yeah and that's why you know whatever yeah and my last suggestion on how what would help us land on these things it's a very simple one but i'm gonna keep it until i die we <laughs> need to be we need to read our bibles yeah <laughs> i think that's one thing sometimes we fail to do yeah it's and and by reading i don't mean like you just are in front of it and you're reading it it's that it's calling you to something and the person it's a man who's calling it to something more than words itself is the man behind the words that is saying, I, and let's take your language now, I believe in you. Mm. I believe in you to walk this out. I yeah. believe in you that in the midst of your pain and your hurt, you could do this. Yeah. Because I believe in you, because yeah. I know you, you know, and, and he believes in us as much as he believes in them. And the us part is that I believe that you can actually walk a life of mercy and forgiveness at the same time that you're saying this hurts. That's so good. Amen. Amen. <laughs>
Well, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. <laughs> um, and it almost ties in with our last episode on forgiveness. Yeah. And continuing that conversation uh, and of navigating our hearts in hardships mm-hmm. and in difficult moments and difficult times. And um, if you have a story that you would like to share with us, um, whether it's similar or not, but it could be your own unsaid conversation of something that might have happened in your life, um, we want to encourage you to reach out to us. And the best way as of right now that you can reach out to us is to um, send a direct message or DM directly on Instagram. Uh, and the Instagram handles are on your screen or in a link of what you're listening to. We just want to encourage you to, if you are a young lady, whatever age, reach out to Ilse, mm-hmm. at Ilse Marie. Yep. And if you are a young man, whatever age, reach out to at Gus Rubile. And we would love to bring your conversation to the table and let you know and give you permission in just voicing this, that it's you, ha- you, you have permission to bring your pain to the table mm. and to bring the conversation to the table. Um, and that's what we want to do. So we thank you so much for listening. And we pray for the pastor involved, the families and the person who wrote in that the Lord would navigate your heart's conversation towards him, towards healing, towards freedom, and towards uh, eternal life in him. Amen. Amen. See you next time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.